You are traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of love, but of heartbreak. A journey into a wondrous land whose only boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Friend Zone. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 91, I think. Neither of us are very good at keeping track of numbers, to the point where it's become a running joke every episode, and I'm sure you're all getting very sick of it. I know I am. (laughs) So I'd like to start off by pointing out the obvious. Ethan is not here. No one else is here. I'm all alone. I'm all alone with you, dear listener of The Crunch, dear cruncher of the podcast. It's just you and me, and whoever's in your car and all the other people that listen to our podcast it's just us so we're going to we're going to kick back together it's going to be a very intimate evening of podcasting even though it's 2:46 my time it's not an evening at all i was going to have that catholic couple on the podcast and we were going to either talk about something to do with relationships or something to do with the movie coco that i saw last week and they love and i want to talk to them about but i don't have them on And that's because of technical difficulties and poor planning. I just tweeted about it. So instead, I recorded a show, or sorry, I wrote out a show. And uh, since I was going to talk to them about dating, I'm going to talk to you guys about dating. Because, you know, that's what the crunch was really all about. It was just just two guys that wanted to talk about dating. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm sure you noticed on the, uh, the show title or the intro that I'm hopefully going to record after this. I didn't record that yet because I don't have very good internet and can't download music. This episode is about the friend zone, which is something I'm sure you're all very familiar with. For those of you who are not familiar with the friend zone, The friend zone is this concept that you can be placed into a box by a woman, or a man, I guess. In my experience, it's more commonly men, because, you know, I'm a man. The friend zone is this concept that you can be placed into a box by a member of the opposite sex that says, we cannot date because we are two good friends, and if we were to date and break up, we would no longer be friends. Pretty simple concept, kind of easy to remember. I remember when I first ever heard about the friend zone. It was at lunch. My friend Matthew had just sat down at the table and he was very upset. He was lamenting the loss of this girl that he was pursuing, this this fine young adolescent damsel that he was hoping to win the favor of. He had he had gone to her after gym class and he'd gone up to her and he said, "Ah, fair fair damsel, will you will you date me?" which in middle school essentially just means you hug them longer in the hallway. Everyone in middle school gave each other hugs before they left in the hallway. I don't know if that was just my middle school or just my friend group, but looking back it's kind of weird. Like I don't hug even even though like I'm in youth ministry and I'm a Catholic and everybody at Franciscan hugs everyone, I still find it kind of weird that everybody hugged everyone to say goodbye in between every class period. That's neither here nor there. Essentially, he wanted, this Matthew wanted to date this girl and she said no because they were friends and it would ruin their friendship, which to him made the utmost sense. And he came and sat down and talked to me. He was like, Pat, never get too close to a girl. And I was like, oh no. Oh no, this guy was in eighth grade and I was in seventh grade, which of course meant he had months of wisdom on me like just so much more life experience and I was like man if this kid is telling me not to get too close to a girl well I I better darn well sure not get too close to a girl that I like and I thought of all the girls that I liked in middle school and I thought man 
I better not get too close to them. So this was the beginning of my fear of friendship. And we'll get into more of that later. I'm going to cut that part out. Man, I really, I keep saying that I'm going to cut things out. I hope I don't like accidentally forget to cut something out and then everyone hears that I didn't cut it out and then everyone laughs at me. Okay, I'm going to start back up again. To us, getting friend-zoned was the worst thing that could ever happen to you in your entire life. Now, of course, that's not the worst thing that could ever happen to your entire life. I crashed my car last year. That sounds pretty bad. A lot worse than getting friend-zoned, but that's neither here nor there. Did I say last week? I meant last year. <laughs> if my mom <laughs> if my mom heard that I crashed my car last week, she'd be calling me like, Patrick, why'd you crash your car again? Okay, anyway. But even in my high school career, when I thought that the friend zone was the worst thing that could happen to me, I had no idea that something even more sinister was waiting around the corner. That's right, listeners. There's something worse in the friend zone, and I experienced it when I was a mere sophomore, a lowly, innocent little sophomore who had no idea that the world could be so cruel. That's right. I experienced the annoying little brother zone. It happened when I was in love with a girl named Cynthia. Yes, Cynthia. Cynthia had it all. She had everything. She was the total package. The whole nine yards, the whole kitten caboodle, she was it. She had everything that a high school girl, sorry, she had everything that a high school guy could look for in a woman. That's right. She was pretty, and I liked her. And she and I were in the same friend group, which is a good thing in high school, especially if you're a guy who wants to hang out with a girl that he likes and doesn't have the chops to ask her out on your own. So you go hang out with her and her friends and your friends, and it's fun. So her and our two other friends, we had this little group hangout thing. We were going to go eat breakfast at a restaurant and spend our parents' money. And so we were on our way to go do that. And and before before I finish this, before I start this story, girls, we need we need to have a chat. It's it's something something very important that you need to know about the male sex. And guys, you can you can skip ahead because you know about this already or keep listening because you might not realize how dumb we are. There's this thing called boy flirting. And if you're unfamiliar with boy flirting, it's going to sound very similar very quick. If there's a guy in your life, a gentleman, and you are a single damsel, a single woman, if there's a guy in your life that just won't leave you alone, and he keeps following you, and teasing you, and saying dumb things about you, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. He likes you. Um, and he's boy flirting. Boy flirting is when you don't know what to do with emotions that you have towards a woman as a man, and you decide to instead take out those emotions in little acts of aggression. You may be familiar with the idea of pulling pigtails. This is pretty much exactly the same thing, but for teenagers. I was the king of boy flirting in high school. And that is not a badge that I wear with honor, but it is a badge that I wear with honesty. Folks, I was the king of boy flirting. And I still am. Just ask Phoebe. So, I don't know what I was teasing Cynthia about. Of course, I'm using fake names. I almost said her real one. That would have been a horrible faux pas. I don't know. I don't remember what I was teasing her about. But I do know that it was like one step too far. Because in the middle of... Me, you know, 
laughing in the back seat with my friend and like her and her friend in the front talking or whatever. I was like saying something to them and we were all laughing, having a good time. And then I went one step too far and she just snaps and she just turns around and screams at me. You're like my annoying little brother. And I'm not going to lie. That hurt. It would have been more comforting if she was just, you know, comparing me to someone that existed. You know, like she had a little brother that was annoying to her, but she didn't. She did not have a little brother. She was just telling me at the same time that I was both like her brother and also really, really annoying. So um, it, it somehow that made it more insulting. If you've ever been friend-zoned and you just couldn't, just inconsolably friend-zoned, just, just look back on my life and understand that there, there are worse things that can happen, like crashing your car or getting annoying little brother zoned, which I consider to be on the same level playing field. Anyway, so imagine my surprise when almost four years later to the day, well, I don't actually know if it was to the day, but a girl said the exact same thing to me. Okay, well, it wasn't the exact same thing. That would be ridiculous, but it was similar. It was very similar. A new Cynthia, I guess you could say. This is this is in college, by the way. I kind of feel like a different voice when I'm alone on the crunch. This is kind of weird. I, I'm kind of doing this in one stream of of consciousness style podcasting instead of being broken up by Ethan's jokes. So just let me know which format you like better. I definitely like the Ethan format. I definitely need him. So anyway, this is this is kind of a break in my life, and we're gonna we're gonna just just we're gonna go ahead four years later to when I'm in college. It's very important that you know that this was a couple of years ago. So when I was in college, the whole friend zone thing didn't even cross my mind because all of the girls that I was friends with, they weren't, I wasn't interested in any of them. They were just my friends because I was, I was dating someone at that point and it didn't really matter. I was friends with this girl, Nicole, and she had just broken up with her boyfriend at this point. And it was really late at night and we were talking about, like she was, she was crying and she was telling me how like worthless she felt because she broke up with her boyfriend and I sat with her and I talked well I didn't even talk I just listened for like two hours and she looked at me and she said Patrick you're a really good brother I was reminded of my uh past (laughs) with with who I dubbed Cynthia but the way she said brother sounded different it sounded like a good thing and I realized I had been looking at dating wrong I realized I had this this friend zone. I had this friend zone rule in my head, and we all do to some extent. And it's this this weird idea that if you are someone's friend, you can't date them. Which, when you think of it, it's kind of a ridiculous concept. You know, I mean, ask any happily married couple who their best friend is, and they'll tell you that's their spouse. And on top of that, they'll say that their spouse is their brother if they have a relationship like the bride and the groom in the Song of Songs. You know, in Song of Songs. He repeats to her over and over again, my sister, my bride, which if you're reading it from a non-Christian perspective can sound kind of ridiculous, but it's true. That's what a brother is. Your spouse is going to be your brother or your sister. You can't really get around it. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What is a brother in the first place? What is a sister? A brother is necessarily a son. 
and a son is supposed to image his father. So a brother is just a fellow son, a sister is just a fellow daughter that's supposed to help you image our father, because we are all sons and daughters of the father. I mean, that's just basic Christian family theology, right? You don't need a degree to understand that. This means that a brother is supposed to help you image the father. So if someone tells you that you are like their brother, maybe not their annoying little brother, that one was kind of a derogatory, you know, jibe, but jab, not jibe. (laughs) That one's kind of derogatory. But if someone says that you're like their brother, you should wear that as a badge of honor, right? Who wouldn't want to be brother zoned? (laughs) If someone tells you like you're like their brother, that means that they trust you to lead them to the father. Or at least that should be what we mean. So I think what this means is we need to change the way that we look at one another because Christians are family and we need to act like it. This it, there's this there's a stupid idea that the Christian family is celibate and the uh, worldly family is carnal. I don't know if you understand what I mean, but there's a stupid idea that your non-related Christians are your brothers and your sisters, and your family is your family, and we kind of separate it, right? And and so for us single people the people we're interested in dating are not our brother and sister, but we'll call the people we're not interested in dating our brother or our sister. We need to cut that out. That's really stupid. We need to look at everyone as our brother and our sister, especially the people we're dating, because if they're, if, if you're dating someone, you may be called to be this person's brother or sister for life. So are you acting like that, like you're their brother now, or are you acting like you're distant from each other because you're actually undoing the progress that you want to make. You want to be close to them in the closest way possible. So why aren't you starting with familial relationships, which is the closest way we, the closest relationship you can have with a person. And for more of a real world personal example, Phoebe had been going through some like really tough stuff a couple of semesters ago or a couple of months ago. And there was a point when we were just sitting and I like tried to like put my arm around her and she was like, Hey Patrick, I don't really need a boyfriend right now. I need a brother. And this was like super early into our relationship. And so of course that freaked the heck out of me, (laughs) but I kind of understood what she meant. What she meant was Patrick, I, I don't need you to be romantic right now. I need you just to love me right now and to be there for me and to support me. I need a brother more than a boyfriend. And of course there have been times when she needs a boyfriend more than a brother, right? There are times when it's, there's times for romance and there's times for just, you know, basic friendship with, my girlfriend, you know, and so if you're, if you're dating, you're probably, you can probably sympathize with that. Sometimes you want to be romantic and you want to hold hands and you want to kiss and you want to do all those fun things. But, and there's other times that, you know, you really don't, you just want that person that you trust more than most people. You want them to be with you and you want them to comfort you. And that's what a brother or sister does. And there are going to be those times in marriage too. And where we'd be silly to think that it doesn't happen like that. I guess my advice to single people at the end of this podcast would be just remember that the friend zone is really stupid. You are called to be someone's brother or their sister, so there's no reason you can't date someone if they're your friend. So if you're not dating someone because you're worried it would ruin your friendship, I would suggest you to rethink that. You know, you you might not, it might not be a good thing to date them, so that might be a very good observation. But, you know, just re-examine that. That shouldn't be the only reason. And if someone says that to you, if someone says, I don't want to date because it might ruin our friendship, just go ahead and accept it as, you know, their answer. I think we've talked about this in the podcast before. It's, you know, you got to accept people's no's. Um, I, 
I was talking to a friend and I kind of tongue in cheek said, you know, if someone doesn't date you, if someone won't date you, it can be blamed on one of three people. It can be blamed on you, on them, or on nobody at all. It's not your place to tell them who they should date. So if it's, if you think it's their fault, don't, don't bother with that one. You could be wrong. If it's your fault, they won't date you. See where you can amend your life and do that change. And then maybe they will. And three, if it's nobody's fault, then you shouldn't be mad at anybody. And you can just, you know, cut it as a loss and give yourself some time to be sad and work towards moving on from that. I think the big takeaway from this podcast and a big takeaway from everything that I've been praying about and thinking about for a very long time is the church is a family. And I I lose sight of that so often. I just look at the people in the pews next to me as people in the pews. I don't look at them as my brother and my sister. So... I would ask you to remember that you are called to build the family of God. And for a lot of you, it's going to look different. Some of you, if any priest listen to this podcast, if any religious listen to this podcast, your building of the family of God is more direct. If you're discerning to be a priest or religious, I would say that too. Your building of the family of God is more direct. You're preparing or you are living in a way that better reflects the way we'll live in heaven and the way we'll experience the Trinity, the closest family that there is. You're living in a way that shows that more clearly to us, you know, singly. (laughs) For married people, your job is a little different. You image the family of God in a more visible, a more tangible way. You remind us what a father is. You remind us what a mother is or a brother or a sister, a son or a daughter. You remind us what those things are because we forget so often if we don't experience it every day. You are either called to live in this direct building of the family of God as a, as a single celibate person, or you are called to be married and to build the family of God in that way. We need to continue living this virtue of brotherhood because we aren't there yet. For most of us listening to this podcast, we aren't married, we haven't professed final vows, we aren't ordained, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For the rest of us who aren't in our final vocations, we need to continue living this virtue of brotherhood. I was talking to Ethan about this and he was making fun of me because, you know, I called it transcendental family or transcendental fatherhood, but that's what brotherhood prepares us for is we're all called to be a father or a mother and we are all called to, you know, lead a family. That's what building a family is. Fathers and mothers build families. So we're called to be a father or a mother. And in order to do that, we have to first be a brother and a sister to each other. So continue living this virtue of brotherhood. Move each other on to holiness. We need to help fellow sons and fellow daughters better image our father. Thank you for listening to The Crunch. I know it was a really short episode that was purposeful. I didn't have that much time to put it together or to edit it, so I made it purposefully kind of short, kind of simple. I don't think that we're going to have very many more episodes like this. The one host is not, the one host podcasts are not really why you come here. You come here for fun banter between two people, so I'm going to try and get that next week. Um, Hopefully I go somewhere that has a little better Wi-Fi and I prepare a little bit more ahead of time for stuff like this to happen. I prepared to record. (laughs) I went over to the Glaze's house on Friday and we were going to record on Friday. But what happened was Lily Glaze is the cutest kid on the planet and I just wanted to hang out with her. So that's what we did. And then we all lost track of time and then we had to go to dinner and then I got really tired and so the night was over. Then on Saturday, everyone was busy and then today, everyone was busy and I didn't have good Wi-Fi. So that's why the podcast is how it is. I have an entire week this time, so I'm going to prepare 
for next week's episode. I got yeses from that Catholic couple, obviously, from Luke from Catching Foxes, uh, Matt from Roman Circus Podcast, and Zach from The Jesuitical Show. So they all said yes, and if I schedule them, they will be on. Very excited for all those people to come on. Very excited to hear your guys' response to their interviews. I might put up an extra show this month just because this one was kind of a half show. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please pray for Ethan in his mission. He just got assigned to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where he is, I think. I don't know if it's the University of Oklahoma or if it's the University of Tulsa. I don't really remember, but he's going to Tulsa. Please pray for me. I'm in Houston right now. If you are in Houston and you want to hang out, let me know, and I will drive the freeway to get to you. This is not a joke. I don't know if any of you have been to Houston, but so far it has been a lot of driving for me. I have been in my car very long periods of time. So again, if you're in Houston, let me know. I'll come to you. Wow, it's very clear that I need a co-host. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just going to end it here. You know where to find us, at Catholic Pat, at Bropostle on Twitter, at Patrick Nevy, III, at Ethan Stevie on Instagram, uh, www.thecrunchcast.com for all other things. I guess I am going to do the outro because Ethan's not here and he can't stop me. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we will see you on the Twitters.